music fans and podcast lovers, welcome to the Break On Through Podcast, hosted by the wonderful, amazing, and dare I say it, beautiful, Luke Miller, featuring the lovely gentleman of Oh Romance. Let's get into it. I'm gonna swear, yeah, can you add like up. a funny sound effect? I'll do like right now. If I just, you're gonna, oh you're gonna cover it with God. like a duck noise or something. Oh, a no. little bit squeaky toy. Actually, yeah, squeaky toy. Right, welcome to the Break On Through podcast, Alex and Kia. Hello. Hello. Introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm Alex. I'm the singer and guitar player in O Romance. Hello, I'm, I'm Kier. I'm the lead guitarist for O Romance. Um, I'm, I'm 20. I'm going on to one. It's a fucking tender profile. Uh, oh, I don't know what you want me to say. I'm introducing myself. Yeah. You're telling me a bit about myself. I am. <laughs> that, that was fun of you just saying I'm Kier and I'm the lead guitarist of O Romance. Okay. 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 Just, we'll just carry on. Hello, I'm Kier. <laughs> I'm Why are you doing it again? Right, boys, how are you doing? Good, thank you. How are you? I've got a killer hangover. I'm feeling a bit fried, but. You know, when they're. So, guys, I've got you quite a few questions asking you about your band, asking about your recent releases, and your future aspects with the band. Prospects, not aspects with the band. But yeah, we move on. So, first of all, where did the name O Romance come from? The name O Romance came from, well, it was actually from, um, it's from my girlfriend. Uh, I was, I, I remember it was about 2019. It was obviously, this is kind of trying to start something new because I was in a band at the time. Um, and I, I started this project and I was struggling to come up with a, a name for the band that sounded quite original. And I, I can't even remember the context of the conversation, but she just said, ah, well, she said, oh, romance. That's not, that's not exactly how she said it, but uh, then I was like, oh, that's, that's really good. And she's like, what? I was like, we'll use that. And she's like, what? I'll say, oh, romance, that's the band name. And that's, that's kind of it. That's the, the origin of the band name. It starts from like long, long drawing kind of story. It's just quite easy. So you're just you're just kind of sitting in bed, and she was like, "Ah, hello, oh. man." Ah, and that, that was that. <laughs> That's, yeah, that was basically that. You know, it's. Oh, I met you at the time. But... So, also, how did you guys meet? Thank you. I'd like to answer this one. Oh, um, so uh, we'd have been. About two years ago, I believe. Um, I think uh, we met up for some coffee um, because I think what the fuck? I think okay. So it was about two years ago. Oh, fuck off! It was about two years ago we met up uh, for some coffee. I think um, at uh, but can we can we say the can we say where we met up? Or well, you already had where we actually met, but that's that's fine. Where? Where? There was where? a gap. You came to a gaff, you came with your guitar and your amp, I picked up the acoustic and we just started playing. I, I, I swear like... that was, I swear that no, was... No, that was the first time. Are you sure? Yeah. Why did you get me to explain the Beatles? Why did, why, did, why did you get me to explain this? Because I thought you'd remember, but... You know, <laughs> well, no, I do, but I thought it was after. 
<laughs> no, no, that was like that was right. like the third or fourth time. No, it wasn't. Yeah, it was. Okay, well, it was even further back. The second time we were at Kilt Kangaroo and we got pitched in, we were fucking oh, playing. Okay, right, okay, so so we met um, at a, a gaff uh, a couple of years ago. Um, uh, obviously, uh, I am friends with Alex's girlfriend, um, and that's how we met. Uh, me and Alex met through her um, at this... Uh, Mutual friends gaff and uh, or house party, and um, we uh, yeah, there was, there was some guitars. I had my guitar because I think uh, I think I'd actually just came back from a band rehearsal from uh, my previous band, and um, yeah, uh, it was, I just went straight there as you do, and uh, yeah, we just we just started jamming, and that was it. That was the start of something very, very tasty and sexual. Mm-hmm. So you just immediately almost started that connection with your music then? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Definitely. I mean, like, like I said, we, 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 started, we just started uh, jamming over, um, well, it was Come Together uh, and Heller Skeller by the Beatles, and I don't know, was it was just something clicked. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, 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 version of Heller Skeller. I thought we were just, like, jamming. Like, no, like, we, we did a few covers and then we just jammed some chords, but that's, that's how we no, started. No, we're just, we're just talking about, oh, shit. We're, we're, we're just noodling about um and uh it was just kind of clicking so we're like oh i, don't know. I like how just recalled exactly what i said but changed it yeah <laughs> because my version's better with this like natural chemistry of used to provide like uh working together as musicians does that make songwriting easier or what is the process for your songwriting um i think the the songwriting aspect i, I don't think we actually really have a kind of a clear it sounds quite bad, but I don't think we really have a clear plan when we go to write a song. Oh, God. Like, That's the like, like, the the last single, like, well, the first single that came out, and then, I mean, that was just, I was playing, a, like, what, a few chords, and then Kira added a lead part on top of that, and then it just kind of evolved into yeah. Are You Satisfied? And it's the same with the, the next single that's about to come out. Um, even some of the songs I've been writing out with... I don't know. I, I don't think there's like a formula to it. I think it just kind of happens. Yeah, well, it's kind of like a gradual thing. So, um, I suppose with our debut single, we we were actually had intentions of going in for completely our song. Um, and as soon as we sat down to start recording, uh, within like you know two minutes of that, we'd come up with something totally new, which we instantly thought, okay, no, this this. You know, we're going with this instead, and we just did that. Um, and then, you know, a couple of weeks later, that that was that done, and it was um, it was uh, are you satisfied? Which sounds nothing like what we we're going to originally do. Mm-hmm. So, and and it's kind of you know, I quite like that though, because it's a, it's a it's a lot more cutthroat and it's a lot more, but you're also a lot more free to just kind of go with it. Um, it's very raw, um, and it's a really raw way of writing songs. Now, obviously, I'm not a lyricist or anything, but, you know, in terms of like, in- instrumentals, it's it's a lot better, I feel. It's a lot less structured, so you've got a lot more freedom to kind of play about with things. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it seems to be working for us in our favour. Yeah, you sounded really so far, good. Um, Thank you, man. I was really like surprised to have that being your first single ever released, and it sounded like to the level that it's at. 
Yeah, no, thank you. I think a lot of that is down to, um, to our producer, yeah. uh, David Waters. Um, Dave, well, we've we've said for for ages, like after that, like we we've always said that Dave's, you know, by proxy, is effectively part of the band because if it weren't for him, I I, I really don't think the song, or the single would sound the way it does. Uh, yeah. he's just added a completely different element to it and just made it sound so unique. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I, I just uh, it's just a, a perfect kind of coincidence that um, that we that we stumbled upon Dave and um, yeah I'd, I'd call him, I would also I, you know I'd call him a very close friend now as well which is uh, you know it, it's really worked quite well for us um, and uh, yeah no it's just it's going pretty well in that regard so what is the writing process for the lyrics of the song do you two write together collab- like as a collaboration or do one of you two take it on? Um, we, I think we... Yeah. yeah. No, I'm just saying, I'd say that... Um, I, as, as I said, I'm not um, nearly really a, a lyricist. Like, I, I, some things um, mess about with kind of, you know, writing some things, but it never, you know, never really comes out that well. But I think, um, you know, for the lyrics for any of our, our songs um, that's it's, it's mostly just down to Alex yeah, I mean I'd, like I said I don't think there's really a formula to that either like um, even like the, the lyrics for Are You Satisfied I mean it partially came from um, like a different song and it, I mean that song that we were originally going to go in with it sounded completely different to what the outcome was um, and then I mean I just kind of Ben, I don't, I don't, I don't, I can't even think about it to be honest. Um, it's the same with the new one. It just kind of wrote lyrics. Um, it depends because even if I go pick up a guitar and write a song, it will be a completely different way of songwriting compared to when it's me, Kieran, or me, Kieran, Dave in a room together. It's it's a completely different dynamic. Yeah. So I feel like we're definitely a lot more on the ball when we're together. Yeah. Speaking of Are You Satisfied, it's your first single that you've released, released during a pandemic, and you've managed to build up a following during this pandemic, which I think is incredible. Um, How have you found that experience of, one, forming a band during a pandemic, but also releasing music during it too? You know, it's it's had its, um, it's definitely had its bump, um, because, you know, we we did, like, like, the whole thing really started pre-pandemic, like the whole idea of the band um, like, you know, as, as I was saying earlier I thought this was the first time I met but it's not this was just after, and it makes more sense now um, we met up and um, you know, Alex said to me that um, oh, we, should, we should get something going, start up a band so I was in that's not how I said it no, but you, you did <laughs> we were in a car park behind a, a notable club in a very specific uh, city, and I shouted across the car park as Kier was leaving. And I said, "You're going to be in my band." He was like, ah. "I'm like, yeah, you're going to be." Well, I said, "Yes." I was like, "You're going to be in my band." He was like, "Okay," and that was kind of 
That sounds familiar. Uh, I, mean, I know I made a Spanish claim. No, that, that uh, right. But uh, yeah, yeah that, that can happen. So, uh, yeah, so it was kind of, that was the start, really. Um, you know, fast forward a wee bit, um, obviously, uh, pandemic hits, just as we're really starting to get a grasp on things. Um, and that was quite tricky at first because obviously there was a travel bans. There was, um, you know, there was a few times I was actually on the way by um, transport police <laughs> trying to get through the record. Um, never got fined though, thankfully. But, you know, <laughs> there, there was some things I was stopped. Um, but you did it yourself as well. They're gonna have some call for you. I don't know. You've outed yourself. I've outed my. Oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> I've done that after my day. But yeah, no, you know, so it's it's had its um, it has had its its bumps, but yeah, it's not been easy. Yeah, but I think that's also, you know, it, it's it's worked in our favour in the end because mm. I, I think having all that extra time to really, you know, um, work on things, especially in a um quite a, a limited environment and quite a closed off environment. Obviously, we can't. Uh, we've been meeting up obviously a lot more over the past few months, but you know, throughout like almost the entire of 2020, um, it's it was, it was really quite difficult to do that. I mean, most of the time we just spent was, I mean, like the, I can remember like the whole like what period between like I think it was March and what it made like June, July, August time we were basically just the only thing we could do is like send each other things back and forth over Facebook and things like that. So. It wasn't the most ideal writing process, but I, I, like if, if we continue doing that, I don't think we'd be at the point where we're at right now. Do mm. you've managed to keep like quite a steady like social following on your social media accounts, and you've also managed to perform your first gig with gigs in the gaff. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched that and I thought that that was great. Can you tell me about that experience? I think we were we were definitely nervous before we went on, and we had a we had a few drums before we went on. I don't think we were supposed to say that when we played it live, but it was, uh, it was a good experience. I think like the opportunity uh, that Discovery Music gave us to kind of uh, just let ourselves be known, I suppose, and obviously for such a good cause, like tiny changes, like it, it was a it was a very rewarding experience, and I think it's it gave us well for lack of a better way to give us experience on obviously playing to a live audience to some degree. I think um I think the difficult part was that I think there was a lot more pressure there because you can't really interact with an audience other than waiting for comments and it's it's not, yeah, it's not it's the same vibe as it is if you're you're playing on a stage in front of a crowd. Um, but it was so it was it was a fantastic opportunity to be given and like we would absolutely do that again. It was it was it was fun overall, I'd say. Definitely it was a good bit of fun. No, I think you definitely did well both of you two to maintain your cool. I was I was thinking about that the whole time and I was watching it how difficult it must be to not be able to interact with the audiences watching and to just be performing mm-hmm. and interacting with each other to like fill them quiet moments before you start your next song. Mm-hmm. I really yeah. hope, hope for you guys with that. Are you nervous about performing live without the experience now of actually being at like front stage at a venue? Are we ner- are we nervous? Sorry. Yes. Yeah. Um. 
I mean, I've had, I mean, both of us have had experience um, playing live oh, yeah. venues before in the past, never together. Um, yeah, but yeah, I think there's, you're always going to be nervous before you, you play that gig, but I think you're always nervous before you play a gig, but I think that kind of get a little bit more over that as time passes, but if anything, I'm just very optimistic and I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, I was going to yeah, say, I think say, the excitement will take over. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I think, I, I mean, I, I'm on the same boat there. It's, it's very much like, you know, you get nervous before going up, but it's like, you know, you're, you're excited too, you know, it's like an adrenaline rush you get, um, and it's great. Um, but I think, yeah, it'll be interesting because that will be the first time we'll have performed live um, at, a, at a venue um, in front of a live audience as a band. And that will be, you know, that that will be really interesting to see what our dynamic will be on stage, you know, because you know, I'm really looking forward to that, actually. Um, so I, I guess uh, I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. Mm. Yeah, I was thinking that also with that, I think you'll be able to build up your audience and your following more because obviously for smaller artists and starting out bands, you get that audience mainly from performing in different venues and getting your name across to as many places as you can, I guess. Definitely. Um, I mean, when we can, when we started, one of the first things I, I spoke to Kate about was when we kind of get the run of the work out the way that like we want to be playing uh, gigs as much as we can do and we want to be kind of up and down the country as much as we possibly can. So, I mean, that's what I've been looking forward to the whole of last year. Um, and it's getting closer and closer to that time now and hopefully by the end of this year uh, we'll be We'll be playing some gigs, but... Okay, we're going to take it on a little bit of a turn now. Just a bit more fun. Of what musicians slash bands have inspired you uh, most as individuals um, in terms of music, but also how you approach the instruments that you play? Oh, God. Uh, who's going first? Yeah, you can you, go first. I feel like you can talk Right, um, well, I mean, I think, obviously, I mean, I've been playing guitar mainly for the past, well, 11, 12 years, um, so quite a while. When I, when, you know, when I started out with that, and obviously going up, you know, my, my main influence is, like, from, like, my, like that are rooted, uh, you, know, or, you know, like Hendrix, you know, Clapton, uh you know, kind of like you're kind of your old goldies, your old legends like that. Um, which really, you know, uh, you know, it's that that's kind of a given. Though, as like you know, a guitar player. <laughs> um, but I, I think over time, especially over the past, I don't know, I'd say maybe three, four years, it's got a lot more eclectic. Um, th- there are so many influences from so many different genres. Um, you know, more more recently. Um, uh, it's it's more well. I say more recently, the past kind of few years, it's been more the obscure kind of like music I've been getting into. Um, because uh, for a good while, it was very much um, kind of not stick to what you know, but it, it was uh, kind of like I, I kind of refused anything that wasn't what I particularly enjoyed back then. So I mean, really, if it wasn't indie or some some sort of you know uh, classic psychedelic rock or whatever um, you know that I wouldn't really want to go anywhere near it now it's just whatever um, 
and I know people say that, you know, like, oh, just listen to whatever, but I think that's where all my influences now really come from. Um, I think currently, um, from like the past really couple of years or so, it's been mainly funk, um, jazz, and uh, you know, like a lot of kind of subgenres in them, uh, and a lot of microtonal things as well. Um, just very, very, uh, just obscure kind of experimental sounds, which I feel, you know, it's, it gets you out of your comfort zone. It gets you, you know, it gets you introduced to like new things that are extremely unique, and you end up using them. Um, and I feel that's, you know, you get to a certain point as a musician, regardless if you're a guitar player, or a singer, or you know, whatever, where you kind of hit a bit of a wall and you're, you kind of hit, or you hit the ceiling rather with like what you've set your kind of expectations to. And the only way to really go any further is to branch out and go out your comfort zone. Um, and I feel broadening your horizons with what you listen to and let influence you um, really changes that and it gets a whole different ballgame. Well, that's a good answer. <laughs> no, I, th- I agree. You can get stuck in, like, from me when I'd listen to, like, punk or, like, rock or metal, it was it would be, like, almost blasphemous to, like, listen to anything else in a way. Yeah. 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 And then even from, like, drumming, from being mainly self-taught, it was hitting that ceiling of being, like, I how much can I learn from just myself, in a way? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. A lot. A lot of it does come from within at that point. You know, once once you hit that. Um, but it, it's uh, it's it's fantastic. But it, it feels brand new once you actually step out of that comfort zone and you start really branching out and discovering new things. Um, I think it's also good to kind of discover what you're kind of capable of, of your own abilities as well because I feel like anytime you approach like a, a new instrument for the first time like you'll remember like picking up your guitar when you were a kid um, and like like my first kind of influences were like Blink-182 because I was really into them when I was like what 14, 15 years old and like obviously like that's all power chords and things like that and downstrokes and things like that so it was, it was very kind of just basic stuff but like I feel like that's what kind of got me into playing the guitar and, 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 and like bass and things and um, now it's like I think you just try to emulate your heroes when you're when you're younger I feel like yeah. that's maybe where that kind of starts but then as I've gotten older I found like um, obviously I've been influenced by the Beatles and things like that um, I think everybody has the, to an extent one way or another but like now I think when I when I pick up a guitar to, to write a song um I don't know. I don't think there's anybody that I'm really, I suppose, channeling in any way. I just try and try and write a song if that makes sense. Mm. I think it changes as well. Like, mm. uh, like, for, like personally with me, it's it, it can be. It, it all comes from again. It all comes from y- yourself. But um, you you know what you are currently listening to at that point in time can really have a, a massive impact oh, on your um, your writing. Um, as, you know, and there's a lot of it subconscious as well. You know, there's, there's times like cause I, I tend to write uh, new riffs up. <laughs> I, I want to say like you know almost every day. 
because I just I just love messing about on on the guitar, um, and you know there, there's been times I've come up with like really quite cool sounding songs, and I'm like, oh, this is great, and then it clicks that oh, this is already a song. <laughs> I think you came up with something that was in an access or uh, I think I might have. Yeah. Been, what was that? <laughs> Must have. Um, I, I do that sometimes, and it's really quite—you know—it's it, totally subconscious. You don't mean to do it, and it, <laughs> you only realise after you've done it, and it just clicks. That it's like, oh, it's, it's that, <laughs> and it's like, but you know, it's like there's it's nothing, nothing wrong with that. Obviously, it's just like, you know, uh, you know, it just—it's just, it's just uh, like, a great kind of, Yeah, exactly, and it's it's just ironing that out. Um, but yeah, no. It's, and then there's other times where it is just there's, there's zero influence really, apart from obviously what you've what you're already influenced by, um, and it's just totally, you know, raw coming from yourself. Yeah, wow. Alex, you mentioned Blink One Eighty Two and the Beatles. Is there any other artists that have really resonated with you, or have inspired the music that you make, or your approach to um, guitar playing? I think um, I think I know the single. Like, I mean, I'm obviously I'm really into the last Shadow Puppet, Starts of Monkeys, Miles Kane, um, and like I, I I kept quoting it before, um, but I was certainly listening to a lot of Miles Kane around that time when we were writing Are You Satisfied, and I feel that maybe came through not so much the way it sounds, but I think maybe how the lyrics are structured. To some mm. extent, or, or the content of the lyrics. Yeah. Um. Uh, I don't know. I think like even when we when we did gigs in the gaff, um, I I basically wrote what four songs over the course of three nights, um, and they all I guess sound they all they definitely all sound different from each other. Um, Ruby Tuesday especially sounds like something straight of a Britpop band in the nineties. Um. So then we, I don't think anybody's going to be able to hear that song, but maybe at some point. But um, you performed that uh, the gigs in the gap, yeah. right? I love that. Yeah, did, yeah. <laughs> I really hope that it does. That was my favorite song. It was a whole set. I, I love that. Uh, other than the acoustic rendition of "Are You Satisfied," I really liked "Ruby Tuesday." Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a song that really stands out um, because it, it does have, you know, it, it's it's very much so as Alex said. It's very much like a uh, pop esque. It's like a, a homage mm. to you know, like, your old like fucking no sort It's like a homage to, to like, That's a pretty good voice in there. Know. It's like a homage to Oasis, really, and uh, Blur, uh, Stone Roses, uh, Pulp. You know, your your real Britpop sound. Mm. You're kind of you know, you've, we've not had for like a good um, you know thirty odd years, but with a kind of you know a bit more of a modern. Uh, and they twist, I suppose, all and they twist. And to haunting, um, uh, are you satisfied? Is like, is a very haunting song to me. Like I, I love it for thanks. that reason. That it is that was another question which I was going to ask is, um, like what that song really means to you? Because for me, when I listen to that song of constantly being asked, "Are you satisfied?" You can't help but have thoughts of the implications of that. Are you satisfied? In so many different aspects of your life almost and that's why I say and describe it as being a very haunting song 
Sorry, that question <laughs> was a bit complex. I mean, we've kind of like discussed maybe before, um, like what the the song is maybe necessarily about, but I'm not entirely sure what if it has any kind of profound or deep meaning to me. Um, yeah. But I think that's that's the. I'm going to use this word lightly. That's what art is to everybody. It's it's subjective, isn't it? It's how you perceive it, and I think that everybody like they're always they're gonna have like a a unique take on the song um so what you feel towards the song is gonna be different what i feel and what Kier feels and what everybody else feels but i really like that yeah no i, I think that was terrific honestly I, I, I was like i had a cheesy smile when you were saying that like uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was like because that no because that's like you know it, it just shows that okay we've it's it kind of proves to us that okay we've we've actually done something that means that mm-hmm. much you know and and it's like you know we really appreciate that um, yeah thank you because um another thing as well i'd say um my take on it is kind of the, kind of the same as i because it's like it's not really got any real deep meaning to me. it's kind of just uh maybe I, I think maybe that's because we wrote it i think we might have that i think um you know i think it's different when, when you're write songs that don't have a particular direction to them and it's like you don't really you know unless it's quite particular what what it's about it can be a you know it can be quite easy to just kind of glance over the actual meaning of it um as like a you know as a songwriter um but you know it's you know it's i think it's great um because again it's it's totally subjective to the ears you know so you know, you could have no feeling towards it, or you could have, you know, uh, really deep feelings towards it, or very, like, you know, uh, happy, sad feelings towards it. It's, it's great. It's, the, it's the, the power of music. No, I started selling water in, in, um, in cans now. I don't know why. Yeah, it's not worth it. It's really not. It's not what Brad is talking about. It's usually like oh, yeah. two bad or something. And it's just water in, in, a, in a can. And it's like, I, I get it, you know, plastic's bad, save the turtles, you know, but... So I told you it was going to get political. <laughs> I'm not getting political. I'm just saying, is a turtle's life really worth that two quid? Because, <laughs> you know, if I'm running quite tight... This will be. Am I really gonna be, uh, I don't this will be the headline of this. Is uh, I yeah, doesn't think turtles are worth two pound. If, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm, and you know, I, I've only got two quid left. I, I'm, I'm not just gonna want to spend all that on a fancy can of water. No, because you, like, you, you don't buy cans of water. You buy point, cans of Pepsi Max. Yeah, exactly. I mean, cans so of that water, that does, not, that does not exist. Well, at that point, I would just say, you know, the turtle, ta-ta, farewell, you've had your fun. <laughs> I, I'm going back to the plastic because it's cheaper. And it means I can also get a Kit Kat. Can you not recycle plastic? I don't yeah. know. They, they say you well, can. That's what they say. I mean, I'm a Cal Pilkington moment, so there you go. Oh, I love Cal Pilkington. Oh, yeah. Cal Pilkington. Yeah. 
I used to listen to like the um, Ricky Gervais podcast to help me sleep at night when I was when I was a teenager. Can, no, you can't sleep with that. It's fucking past yourself. Uh, no, seriously, like I would be listening to it and then I'd hear like Carl say something dumb. It was the one where he's on the part, you know, the mammoth, and then he thinks that they said man moth. And I heard that in the middle of the night, and I just sat up and I was just crying, <laughs> laughing. Like a carpet, because I would have to get up at like six to set off to go to high school, so I try and sleep early. And I sat up in like two in the morning, just laughing like hard at like carpet, th- thinking that they f- would clone a, a man moth. I was so funny. <laughs> I loved it. This is a very serious question. It sounds like you're about to deliver a serious question. <laughs> Who's dead? Right, we're going to answer no this individually. Laughing. Okay, I'll go okay. first. If you, <laughs> you don't even know what the question is yet. Dude, <laughs> well, I'm just keen. All right, keen. okay. If you could uh, only listen to one album for the rest of your life, what would it be? Oh, fuck. Uh, pink Season. Here. Pink season? What's that? Is that not... Wait, what's that? It, it's just... It's, it's not right getting done. Yeah, I thought you were searching it out. Pink uh, season. What? Pink what? Pink season. Is that not, um, pink season. Is that not, uh, yes. What is pink season? Is that not that, 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 that new album from... Oh, Pink Season is by Pink Guy. Oh, oh my god, oh no, oh no. What is... If, if I could listen to one album the rest of my life, is that what the question was? Yeah, that is what the question was. Ooh, I, uh, I would probably say it's a tie... Hmm. I know everybody's gonna expect like, oh, you you would you would pick a Beatles album or a Rolling Stones record, wouldn't you? And I'm like, yeah, maybe, but I either say it probably what went down by Fools or Everything You've Come to Expect by the Shadow Puppets, two of my absolute Ooh. favorite records of all time, and they're ageless. They're so good. Let's go through my records, shall we? Let's see. So I was getting this full-on rocket records out. In, in my collection uh, of records, which I'll, I'll probably just uh, put it into. Hang on. Uh, the grunt sounds. Okay, mate. I've got. Oh, fucking hell! It's all right. Okay. So we have, we have, we have got, we've got the wall. Pink Floyd, fantastic album. One of my favourites. Shaved Fish, uh, John Lennon, plastic mm. on a band. We've got Shame, Drunk Tank Pink, fantastic, fantastic album. Uh, Nick Drake, uh, Brighter Later, fantastic. Alex, do you remember uh, whenever uh, I asked what's, what's your favourite album? Favourite? Ah, I don't know. <laughs> you've got, I mean, yeah, well, you've got uh, uh, whatever people say I am, I'm not. Uh, you've got Favourite Worst Nightmare. You've got Budland, which are a very interesting band. Um, very underrated. Uh, Smiths, uh, Hartford Hall, which is a great compilation album by the Smiths. Um, you've got... Um, 
God, what's this one called there? Humbug, yeah, yeah. Got a Buddy Holly one. You got uh, Small Faces, Greatest Hits. Uh, you've got Parquet Courts, Wide Awake, fantastic album. Wolf Peck, Live at Madison Square Garden. Yeah, you just need to pick one record, not a third. I know, <laughs> that's what I was thinking. He's going through every uh, single album he has. Sorry, I've just checked one oh, mute. Thank you, thank you for the tactical mute. We'll unmute here. So you've got Bo Diddley. Right, no. Yeah, please just pick one record. I'm begging. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, actually, none of those would be my pick. <laughs> I would have thought you would have picked a Michael Michael record, to be honest. Uh, oh, oh, God. I mean, favourite album? No. Right, okay. Wait, what, uh, right. Do you want me to tell you the question again? No, no. Yes. Right. If, if it was yes. All right, I am I asking it again? again? Yeah. If you want. Again. Yeah. If you could only listen to one album for the rest of your life, what would it be? I would, I would honestly, at this point, and it, it will change. Like you know, it, it's. I think, you know, your, your favorite album always changes. Mm-hmm. I think right now, it would be, Casio P Mint Jams, an absolute gem. Wait, 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 wait. Luke, are you going to ask a question? What is it like? What we're listening to at the moment? Because that's probably what Kira's going to be listening to at the moment. No, no, no. That's just that's just off the top of my head, like because I'm not, I've not listened to that in about maybe a couple of weeks at least. So mm. no, I, I would say that it's a very like Castle Pier, It's like a kind of jazz funk fusion band from Japan, uh, from the uh, kind of mid late seventies. Mm. Um, and honestly, like some of the stuff is just incredible, and it's that is a really really great album. Um, so yeah, and it's, it's a lo- quite a long one as well, um, and it's just, there's so much happening, you can listen to the same songs over and over again and constantly find kind of new things, because they are so, you know, it's, it's experimental, it's it's flowing, and it's just, you know, that's what I would go for, because yeah. you know, I don't think I actually get bored of it. It's got some diversity to keep you going for such a long amount of time. Oh yeah, uh, absolutely, and it's so unique as well, like you can tell it's, it's the same. It's really good. You should listen to it if you just get a chance. Yeah, I'm going to put these records back. No, I <laughs> just whipped out all it the records. It was Anthony Fantano there for about five minutes. It was just funny that he got all of the records and just what? went, oh, actually, it's, neat. it's none of these. But he's got a point. Like, I, I think like your favourite record's going to change. Not even your favourite record. Like, if you can even like live with one for the rest of your life on repeat, it's always going to change. Yeah, for sure. It depends on, I don't know, not to sound too profound, but I think it depends on a lot of kind of external factors and internal factors. It depends where you're at in your life, if something resonates with you. Mm. I mean, I, I still 100% say that everything that you've come to expect is the greatest record of 2016. Wow. Hands down. That's quite a statement. It's true. Why is this? It's true. Why is this? Because mm-hmm. it's just, it's me it's just... Every, everything down to the minute details and the, the instrumentation, the orchestral pieces, everything like the the it's it's really difficult to put into words. Just everything about that record is just fantastic, and like I can listen to that on repeat over and over and over and never get bored of it. And there's always something new that you'll find in it. What made Are You Satisfied your first choice or your first single to be released? 
as we kind of mentioned earlier, when when we ended up writing the song, it, it kind of just evolved on the spot. So as I said, we went in with a different intention and came out with a completely different result. And I think I think it to be honest, I think Kay will agree with me. As soon as like we started adding the lead parts to the chords, and it all just kind of came together and it kind of just yeah. clicked. Mm. Because yeah, I, I was, <laughs> thank you for agreeing. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I mean, it's, it's you know, it, it just was a good, uh, it was just good circumstances. It was totally um, coincidental that it was that song that we ended up going with. So we touched on uh, performing, going out and performing gigs, which you'll be able to do post-pandemic. Are there any specific venues that you, that you are excited to perform at? Um, for me in particular, it's always been on like it's always been a, a big goal for me, um, and it's I suppose it's been on my bucket list. To I mean, Glasgow's got a plethora of you know iconic venues, and I've always wanted to always wanted to play King Tut's, um, Modern Moor as well, uh, Saint Luke's and the Wing Docks, um, and obviously Battlelands as well. Like those are some of the 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 dream venues that I'd love to play hopefully in the in the not so distant future. What about you, Kier? I think um, audio was a good one for me. I think I mean that's where I played my first ever gig in in Glasgow, and um, you know I've played there quite a good number of times there since. And um, you know it's I get on quite well with the with the guys there, and you know they always quite, they always treat you right, um, and it's a great it's a great venue as well. Um, so I'd, I'd say audio for sure, stereo as well. Stereo is another one which is fantastic. Um, really, really great sound you get, um, and it's a really chilled place. Um, I'd say for more, obviously as well. Like you know, there's, there's tuts, there's um, uh, classic grand. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's quite a few places. Um, the that put you have played before, or you know, um, you know, I've got a good uh, reputation with, um, but I think more, uh, you know, for like a, like a kind of dream would be uh, Barrowlands one day, um, or you know, uh, your, your bigger, uh, your bigger venues in that sense, um. Just you know, it's just it's, it's iconic, really. You know, so I think that that'd be a massive staple of that ever came true. Um, but yeah, there's you know, as, as Alex said, there's there is like a plethora, like an endless amount of really, really great venues in Glasgow and around, and, and you know, greater Glasgow as well. And um, you know, I just I, I can't wait to get back into them. You know. Mm. Um, it's it's just fantastic. Fantastic, gorgeous, gorgeous. It would be nice to like <laughs> pop the old romance cherry of performing in a natural venue as well. But whatever opportunity we've uh, we're obviously given, we're gonna take it with our stride and smash it. Yeah, uh, th- I'm yes. excited for you guys. How did you first get into music? Um. I don't think I think some people have if you if they're lucky enough they have like maybe like their parents get them into like their favorite bands when 
like when they were kids and then they get you into their favorite bands um i didn't really have that i think i just kind of listened to what i liked i remember some of the like the the first records like i remember listened to frequently i mean one for me i, I can't recall how old i was but it was demon days by gorillas i used to love that record mm. i mean i say record was a cd we used to play in the in the car all the time uh it was sitting in the glove box i love that record and I still do um one of the the first i think it's i don't think it's so much an ep i think it's a double single um but it's 1251 by the stroke it was quite young but that was one of the first singles i ever had uh, but yes 1251 was one of the first kind of i suppose influential pieces of music that i ever listened to but obviously it was such a young age i don't think it maybe impacted me as much as it maybe does now um yeah pass this on to Kier. I think I've always kind of been into it, really. I mean, um, I think it started... Well, I can't really pinpoint it. You know, again, it's kind of just like... I think I think you're subconsciously kind of influenced by everything that's going on around you as a kid. Mm-hmm. And I think that goes for everything. But, you know, especially music, you become very impressionable from what you're listening to at that point. So, you know, I mean, I, I grew up... Uh, you know, doing like you know, long car journeys to, uh, to like Butte and places like that, and you would have, um, you know, the Smiths playing a lot of the time. You'd have U2, you'd have the Killers, um, you know, and from, you know, like a really, really young age, you're being introduced to like bands like that. It's, it's gonna, you know, it's gonna subconsciously, you know, melt into you a bit, you know, and uh, sure enough, later down the line, you know, you, you've got a lot of these. Um, influences that that pop out, and um, I think it all comes from that. But I think actually getting into music, um, it's, a, it's quite a tricky one because I can't really pinpoint a time. Um, I, I must have been around about eight or nine again when it was like you know first picked up a guitar. But even even then, I wasn't that passionate about it. You know, I, I didn't actually really. You know, it wasn't until I was about 10 that I really enjoyed playing guitar. Um, okay, it was just kind of something I did up until that point. And um, I, think, uh, I think it was around that kind of point I got really into music. I found that it was, I was really passionate about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, was, I was getting a lot more capable on the guitar. Um, and you know, as you know, as far as like you know, a ten-year-old goes, you know, it was you know quite basic stuff. But still, you know, it, I think you you reach a certain level. Okay, I can, oh, I can you know, I'm capable of playing this, and it could even just be like a four-chord song. But it's like you know, that's for the first time you ever learn to do that, especially at such a young age. It's like you know, you feel brand new. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that's probably when I really got into music because I think um, I, I would have got into bands like uh, Black Keys um, at that age, and uh, you know, obviously starting to find more of my roots again. So like you know, Hendrix, uh, Pink Floyd, um, Clapton, Bluesbreakers. You know, you're kind of you more classic stuff. Um, I think a lot of that came from. Just I, I don't know. I think I just stumbling upon it um, because no one I know really listens to any of that. 
Um, so I think I think it was just from maybe just hearing it in I don't know an advert or like a, a show or something, or you just you, you just get a snippet of it, and then that leads to like a rabbit hole of other songs by like whatever artist it might have been, and that's how you really get into things like that. Well, that's how you used to anyway for me. Um, uh, yeah, and I, and I think it was just a gradual kind of process, really. I think of just discovering new sounds and like really getting to know what I really liked and enjoyed and just sticking with it. And then obviously branching out later on. Um, you touched on this question slightly here, but how did you both arrive at the instrument of guitar? Um, I mean, for me, um, I mean, the first... I think I was probably about 10. Um, I think I asked for it for uh, like a what I, I don't know. I, I don't know what the circumstances were, but I think I just really liked guitar and like the look of guitar. And I, I just asked for it for Christmas when I was 10. And uh, my granddad was actually the first person to ever give me a guitar. It was a, what, a 90s, I think it was a, a 90s um, black Strat Squire guitar. And I think everybody generally starts at a square anyway but like that was the the first time but I think it was like here like when I was given a guitar I think when you're it depends on like different you know, like your environment and things but like I think me and Kier are similar in that sense like when we first got our first guitar we we're like oh this is a cool novelty and then we didn't really like get interest in it until maybe a few years later because I was exactly the same yeah I think it wasn't until I started going to like my first gigs when I was like 14, 15 years old when I, I was seeing bands on a stage and I was like, whoa, that's really cool. Oh, they're playing a guitar. I want to learn how to do that. And then that's when I started kind of taking it a little bit more seriously. Mm. Yeah, I, that, that's pretty similar to me in the way that I got my first drum kit from my granddad too. Mm-hmm. It's just interesting that, that, that there's then family members giving you... Does he, does he play drums? Um, he did when he was younger. Mm. My granddad has now passed away, but um, yeah, he was he was a jazz drummer in a, in a band whenever he was younger. Do you uh, think is that is that is, was he one of your uh, main influences for getting into drumming? With me getting into drumming is actually a funny story. It was um, so I the the reason why I asked that question is also because like I know that you yeah. kind of go through some other instruments before you end up at the one which is maybe for you the most. Because when mm-hmm. I was younger, I had um, I went through multiple different instruments, and my older brother would like take it, and then he would like he would start playing it instead, and then he would like learn how, because he was a very naturally gifted musician. He would just pick up an instrument and almost immediately know how to play it. Yeah. So um, I kind of had this idea that I needed to find the biggest instrument that he could not take and like run off with, basically, which was obviously <laughs> ended up being the drums. It's not an easy instrument to learn either, though. Cause no, it's I, not. I, I did try and learn the drums when I was I was younger, but like it's you. It, I think your brain has to be wired differently in order to be able to be able to play it because yeah, like, like, all four lanes are even kind of different yeah, like, all at the same time like it's just I um I tried learning drums at a really young age and like I I tried drum lessons for like a couple of weeks and then I gave up just out of pure frustration because I just couldn't get it. I mm. think I think when it comes to drums I think you've either got it or you don't to be honest. Yeah. 
got rhythm, kid. No, no, you're right. Like, um, I remember seeing this because um, it was in primary school when I learned how to play. Because we were, we the year sixes would do like a, um, a musical for their final year, and for my one, they wanted to have live, um, like musicians. And then they were like, we'll just have two kids playing, like, two electronic drum kits. And they wanted to try and see if they could get any new drummers, like, playing, basically. And there was my friend um, who had drum lessons and stuff previously. And there was a few other kids, and then there was me, who was hadn't played the drums before ever. And I just sat at the drum kit, and they told me how to do like the the like the most basic like rock groove. And I had snare. It it gave me like a few. I had like a few tries at it, and then I just picked it up, and everyone was just like completely like, "How did he pick this up so fast? <laughs> if he hasn't played the drums before ever?" And so it, it sounds like you just had like a click moment, though. It was yeah. yeah it was exactly yeah. that. That's that's brilliant though. Ding ding that comes from like do you think that you, you maybe inherited that because uh, i mean you know <laughs> you know i mean that does, is, does happen I mean, it's, no, 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 no. it's just funny because my granddad um i call him my granddad but he's not actually my biological grandfather he just helped raise my mum. yeah yeah so yeah because that's, that's what i said when i was younger was oh did i inherit it from granddad and my mum just looked at me it was like yeah, um, <laughs> you can't inherit it if he wasn't your biological grandfather. But I'm, a, I'm excited to see him. Like my granddad's not my biological granddad either, and he's a fantastic guitarist. He's got five different acoustic guitars all on his wall. He's got like Taylors and all sorts. He's also getting one custom made by like a luthier down down south. Mm. But like he's, I mean he, I mean he can play fucking dad gad, and I, I don't. I, I don't go anywhere near that. He's he's on a, a completely different level, but wow. um, he's definitely an influence for me. I mean, in in the sense that when I watch or listen to him play, and I, like I I want to, it makes me want to improve and get better at what I'm doing. Mm. Um, yeah, I wish I, I wish I could have inherited that from him, but no, no, exactly no. where you're coming from. I, I mean, you know, but then that's like a, you know, it's just it's not like a thing where it's you know you, you're automatically at that level. You know, you just oh, have no, to, totally. you just have to keep at it. You know, but he is well. he's in the sense that he could pick. I, I I don't even remember when he started playing guitar. I don't know if it was a young age or when he was slightly older. But he's he's incredible. He's really really talented. Yeah, I mean, you know, everyone goes. But the thing is, everyone goes at different paces. I mean, it took Definitely. me quite a while to really get a lot of the kind of more basic stuff down. I mean, obviously, I was quite young, mm. but like. You know, it, it's. I think the learning process has, has been longer for me than it would be with like I don't know someone else. I mean, I don't. I don't have the best processing skills, so maybe it's got something to do with that. But yeah, but you you've know, got a really good ear, though. You've got a crack in well, you and you can pick something yeah, up straight away. I've seen that. It's not. It's not like automatic. Again, I, I think that comes from. You know, obviously, you know, from a very young age, if you're exposed to like. Like bands like like the Smiths, and you've got Johnny Marr playing, and, mm. and those, and then you've got you too. You've got your um, uh, fuck. What's his name again? <laughs> um, Brian this, Jones. This, this, no, you too. Oh, the Edge. The Edge. Is it, right, let me say that again. So you've got you know you're you're exposed from 
a young age to like this kind of music. Intricate sounds from bands like the Smiths, like with Johnny Marr and his playing, and U2. Um, you know, it's like you know the Edge. It's it's like that does stick with you after a while, and that does make your ear a bit better. But you have to work on that. That it's yeah. not something you have. And you know, you know, you could think of like. Uh, I don't know, like uh, Dylan Beato, you know, Rick Beato's son has like got perfect pitch and he's like, what, 10? Uh, you know, so like some <laughs> people do have that, but it's very, yeah. like, you know, it's, it's rare. That's, that, that is rare. Mm-hmm. Um, and that there's something like going on there. But I, I think with most people, it's like, in just in a more general sense, the only way to ever, you know, get better at something is to just keep at it, keep learning. And there's no, there's no easy way about that. Um, or there's no shortcut in that. It just has to be done, and I think that's a good thing. It makes it, it really improves not just in your playing, but it also improves on you as a person as well. Like that patience and that confidence to just kind of go for it. Really, really, you know, it, it does. It doesn't do you any harm. It really does. Uh, it's, it's really good for you doing yeah. that. Um, I, I I don't know where I'm going with that. <laughs> No, I, I agree. I think uh, everyone should learn at least one instrument or, or even just learning how to sing or something like that. It's just such yeah, an yeah. amazing like art form that you can just jump in and get involved with. Absolutely. It is, I it's very challenging yeah. as well. I think, um, I mean, there are, I used to be a, a lot worse for it when I was younger, but like, um, I remember trying to learn songs and if I couldn't get it right, I'd be like, no, I can't be arsed now. I just put the guitar down. But now I'm a lot more determined. I'll just, if I'm, especially if you're learning anything by ear, you'll keep getting it wrong, getting it wrong, and then you'll get maybe one note right at a time, and then you've got it. Like I think turning a negative into like a rewarding experience, I found's been a lot more kind of positive on the way I've approached learning Absolutely. and playing the guitar now. I mean, you just have to change your mindset to that, and that's good. Definitely. That is all it is, and I think that you've just got to fail to succeed, really. And that that cliche sort of sense, it's it's very true, though. It's like the only way you're ever going to get there is by making the mistakes and learning from them. Like you start off slow, and then you obviously you get faster, and that's the same with anything. Because at, at this point, you know, we're all confident musicians, and we can pick up things quite easy by ear but then we've you know that's only come with experience and a lot of time with and a lot of dedication to doing that that's just gradually improved that skill um and i think i think i think most musicians have it i think um because it's a natural thing to just get he's just ruined it he's ruined it (laughs) (laughs) i'm just gonna so, 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 I mean, back to the original question, um, what got me into it? Like, what got me you into it? You already answered that. No, I didn't. You did? No. It was about 40 minutes ago. No, what, what, like, why, uh, no, but no, like, okay. Well, I mean, well, I mean, you know, it was all this time, you know, I mean, I mean, music goes back thousands of years, to, you know, to the story, and now we're here, listen to the Smiths at a young age in the car on long drives to Butte, and now I'm here. No, no. So I was, it was about two thousand eight, um, and um, I think <laughs> I was in the room. It was tea in the park that was on, and um, and my mum said, "Oh, you should get into the guitar here. All, all the girls love it." And I was like, "Yeah, okay." And, and, and I, I, that genuinely, that's how it started. 
<laughs> a few months later, they, they were like, they I love they when they like laughs. Like, there's like a fucking delayed response every single time. <laughs> I, I, I thought he was going to say more. I mean, no, 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 it made no, me laugh no. that that was the end of that. Was the, his mum said, that, you know, you'll get girls if you do it. And then he was like, all right. But then that was the end was, of the story. It would have been my birthday a couple months later, and then it was like, they reluctantly got me a guitar, and I just, you know, learned it. <laughs> um, I played, I think, and I remember being in like primary seven or something, and it was like, um, I brought my guitar in and played Smoke in the Water, and everyone clapped, and it was quite a big yeah. achievement. Obviously, because you recorded Are You Satisfied during the pandemic. What was the recording process for that song? Did you manage to get into a studio? Was that recorded in a house? Or we tried doing some of our own recordings and our own producing, and it just wasn't really it wasn't really working out. Uh, and then you know, eventually we were like, okay, let's let's actually you know try and really get someone proper to do this that like really knows what they're doing. So I've got a couple of years of um, the sound engineering experience, but. Uh, no way they capable enough to actually you know do it. none of it really stuck um in that sense so uh you know we went to we found dave or um most more specifically alex found dave um and yeah, uh, through, a, through a facebook um ad actually yeah well, there you go and and from there yeah. we got in contact and uh, eventually we met up um I think Alex met him first, actually, and then I yeah. came the second time. And um, from there, yeah, just it just we we just started. Um, well, obviously, we had a, a different song to go in with, mm-hmm. um, and then I think it must have just been that second time. It's so the first, like the first time I went in, um, and and Dave uh, works out his home studio currently, and um, it's a really fantastic setup. It's, uh, yeah, it's cracking. Oh yeah, and um, yeah, we I remember. Started... I remember there was a day where uh, I was working, and you were around at Dave's. I think this is just as we're finishing off some little bits and bobs for the song. Yeah, like I, I was feeling, I was having a pretty shit day, and then I came over, and like I, I can remember you, like I came, I came through the door, and you were just like, you were just like nodding your head. I was like. Oh, obviously this has to be good. Like I, I just, oh, I, I didn't, I didn't. The worst part is I didn't get my hopes up because I'm like, I don't know how this is gonna go. Not, not like there was any doubt between what you were doing and what Dave was doing. Um, I think it was just because I was not in the right headspace. But I remember like all three of us sitting down and clicking play on the track and I, just being absolutely fucking blown away. Like I didn't expect that at all. And you saw like the smile on my face hit the fucking roof. I, I was in complete shock. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, uh, I, had, just, I just did not expect it to come out the way that it did. No, no, because I mean, we had like the song um, before before that. It was it was a lot more raw in terms of like you know it it was really quite stripped back compared to what it is, and it really it, you know it sounded good, but it wasn't like it, it doesn't have like the drive that it ended up having, and, and just that day. Um, it, 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 just, it was just me and Dave really just messing about mm. uh, and, and uh, really we took some things he, he put some things in, we took some things away and he, he did his magic and um, it just, it just, we stumbled upon that 
sound. And it, it was just, you know, it was it was a huge, huge thing for us. And uh, yeah, no, it's, I think I think that's the sound that people have been saying to us that the you know that resonates with them so well and so much. Um, quite unique. I'm not. I'm not like. You know, I'm not, I'm not like saying this myself. I'm saying this like this is what I've been told from a lot of people. <laughs> like, <laughs> but um, you know, that's that's where it comes from. You know, it's it's it, it was like a kind of happy accident, <laughs> really. Um, and it just yeah, it just uh, really, you know, that, that was that was crucial, and that that was a massive kind of. It's just crucial having David involved because yeah, yeah, we, we, like I said, I said, I think I said it earlier, but like we wouldn't be in the position we're at right now if, if it weren't for Dave, genuinely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And it, it sounds amazing. I keep on saying it, but it really does. It, uh, all of you guys did an amazing job on it. Thank you very much. Thank you, man. You got a new single in the works right yeah um we're just we just finished up um the guitar parts and the vocal tracking the other day so dave is just finalizing at the moment and uh we're gonna add some finishing touches on it this week um and it should be ready uh release timeline probably closer to the end of july because we i mean we had originally had planned to have this as like a start of July release, but obviously we had some kind of things. We had well, we were busy throughout the whole of June, basically, mm. so we kind of had to push it back a little bit. But I think it'll be. Well, I hope it'll be worth the wait. Anyway, I, I'm. I mean, I really like it. No, well, and it's, I'm excited I think it's, for it's, it. It's different, and I think I think yeah. there's an expectation there, and I I was telling David this and hear this like i feel like there's a an expectation that people are going to expect it to sound like the first song but i think it's nice to surprise people and to not kind of put yourself on a pedestal and say right it needs to sound like this i think it's just about enjoying the creative process and enjoying what you're putting out into the world Mm. no for sure yeah don't let anyone decide what you what path you're going down or anything like definitely Mm -hmm. it's like with many things within either like media or like music or anything like that if you're enjoying it then your audience will enjoy it too there's no point in you doing something that you don't enjoy definitely absolutely Other than the new single coming out, is there anything else that you're working on in the future? Uh, what we're working on in the future? Um, I mean, after this one's done, uh, we're going to... I mean, it's getting finalised at the moment, but we're just going to jump onto the next single and get that released. I mean, we're trying to aim for like a September format, and I think it's just about kind of putting out as, as much good music as we possibly can this year. Yeah. But then, then again, in saying that, it's like knowing us and, and like the way we tend to go about things, um, it, it might be a totally different song. Yeah, and, yeah, totally. Like the, the next one, you know, it's, it's sex. It's, it's been, you know, it's pretty much ready to ready to go. Um, 
but the one after, you know, it could be anything. You know, mm-hmm. it could be the exact same situation with Are You Satisfied, where it was just a coincidental kind of happy accident. <laughs> it kind of just happened. Like, when we were meant to record something else. We don't know? really have a method, do we? No. And I think we're, just kinda, we're literally doing that fucking old phrase that you kept using notoriously last year. Oh, we just chuck shit at the wall and see what sticks, and that's literally what we're fucking yeah, doing. Yeah, I said that a few <laughs> That's times. a funny thing. So like it sounds so bad when you say that, but, like, it's true, and it's working out really well in our favour. Yeah, that, that's that's how I'd go about things, though. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh, I think... Uh, You've kind of memed it, but you know it's true, though. You know, it's, no, it's I'm kind of... being sincere. No, I know, I know, I know. No, you've memed it in the sense that it's like my catchphrase now. But you know, it's like <laughs> it's, it's like yeah, it doesn't you know it doesn't necessarily work for everyone, but it works for us quite well. So I mean, we're just you know we're we're going with that, you know. What was, what was one of the best gigs you've ever been to? There was this one gig that I like performed in in Leeds, and. It was the first... Oh, you're talking about a gig that you've played? Oh, that's that's different. Okay, on you go. No, it was because uh, there was a band that performed uh, before us, and they were called Blue Kubricks, and they were amazing. They were they were crazy. They were, they were, they were just hauled the roof off the place, and I was astonished. Amazing. And um, then when we performed after them, they were lovely. We finished our set... Um, all of us were pretty nervous. We kind of played our songs like almost like twice the speed that they were meant to be played, but mm. because they were like quite punky songs, um, it kind of gave okay. it like even more of an atmosphere to it, a punk atmosphere to it even. So um, by the end of the song, it was one of the loudest ones. We finished it, and the guys from the band who performed before us, Blue Kubrick, even they start like. Chanting the song back to us again, and they sat dancing up on the drum on the drums again, and then awesome. everyone got back into it, and then everyone just started jumping, and it was sick. But yeah, same question to you. What was your favorite gig that you've ever been to? I tell the the most recent one before COVID. One of the most recent ones was um, Struts uh, Liquid Rooms in Edinburgh. They it was a small venue, but they put on an absolutely cracking show. Um, I cannot fault them at all, and I end up leaving with a set list as well. Mm. Best gig I've played. Fuck, I don't know. I can't. I can't say a specific gig in at all. But Cafe Drummonds to play Cafe Drummonds in Aberdeen is really, really good, and the mm. crowds are always really good there in Aberdeen when you play Cafe Drummonds. So that's one of the best by far. Yeah. I think the best gig I've been to would would definitely be King Gizzard, no Lizard Wizard. Uh, Battlelands, twenty nineteen. Mm. Um, just, but I mean, Battlelands has just got the best sound. It is, it's incredible. Like, just whoever plays there, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Um, it, it, the sound's going to be incredible. Um, and then with a a band like King Giz, who are extremely tight, um, you know, like live, and they just, it, it's just. You know, one of the best, if not the best uh, current live band you can really get. Um, it, it was just, honestly, like it was diff- it was it was different class. And, and I think the best, uh, or the best I've ever played. That, that's an interesting one because I don't, I'm not really sure. I think honestly, uh, I, I mean, I could say a few of the the, the 
you know the bigger venues have, have played that and the bigger audiences we've had, but it would have probably been. Um, Honestly, it would have probably been my last band, and we did uh, a set. Um, it was just the audio, and there wasn't actually that many people there. Um, and and but we just had such a good time on stage, and it was like everything was like just it just worked so well, you know. It's just um, it just kind of bounced off each other. Um, it's you know once you once you have that and once you have that experience with a band like you just you want to keep having that, um, and honestly it's just I'm really excited to actually have that again, um, where everyone kind of just clicks and you know just, you can't help but just smile like oh like you don't have is is at a point where you forget you're actually on stage and it's just. You're just having fun, and it, it, that's really that, that. You know that that's the kind of that that was probably the best one purely because of that. It was probably the first time I'd really experienced that for an entire gig. Um, so, you know, and, and obviously, you know, the people that were there really enjoyed it. Um, obviously, I mean, <laughs> obviously, I mean, we, the people that were there really enjoyed that. Well, yeah, but I mean, we we really really enjoyed it. Though. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I'd probably I'd probably say that. Um, and then apart from that, I'd say maybe some of the smaller ones. So my old college, we used to like you know uh, every week play. Um, but you know how to give a fucking answer, don't you? No, I know, I know. Yeah, no. Um, and uh, I think just a lot of the performances there, even though not gigs, you know, just performances in front of like you know people you're going to college with, and then some lectures. Um, that was just incredible. Like mm-hmm. every week, coming with like a new sound, a new kind of song, like what was set, just uh, brilliant. You know, it's absolutely brilliant. So, guys, is there anything else that you want to promote? Follow us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Spotify, if you're so inclined. Um, and stream our, stream our song, Are You Satisfied? And if by the time this podcast's out, our next single is out, then go have a listen to that as well and hopefully enjoy it. Okay, thank you all, Romance, for being on the podcast. You've been great. Can't wait to hear your new single coming out soon. It's on. Thank you. Thank you for having us, Luke. Thank you for listening to the Break On Through Podcast. Don't forget to check out O Romance's new single, Are You Satisfied, on Spotify.